0: Thanks so much for tuning in to Between the Lines. I'm Peter Larufa, and today I'm coming at you from Chicago, Illinois, or actually just a little west of Chicago, as I'm here with a team of people from our church attending the Vertical Church Conference. This is a conference that I've been coming to since 2012, but here's the thing, folks. I used to come alone. I used to be the only person who would come because I was the, you know, the only one who either wanted to take the time or make the effort to come, but over the years, word has spread among our staff and even among some of our volunteers, and this year, I'm at the Vertical Church Conference with, I think we're... I think we're 15 people if you t- if you count kids because we have three couples who brought their babies along with them and it's such a great time the conference is phenomenal it was there's always great teaching by James McDonald and other people who leave the breakout sessions and this year there's an all-star lineup for the main sessions as well But honestly, what I just wanted to say that I'm enjoying the most is the time in between the sessions, the time over meals, the time talking about ministry and life, and just enjoying fellowship with members of our staff and members of our church family. It's been a really, really great time. So I'm grateful to be here for them. So in case any of you guys are listening, thank you so much for joining me at the Vertical Church Conference. I'm glad we get to do this together. Well, folks, today what I wanted to talk about was the sermon that we heard on Sunday. Pastor Brad preached from Matthew 5 as we're continuing in our sermon series called Upside Down Living as we look at the Beatitudes. And this week we looked at Matthew 5 and verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And in an earlier podcast episode, I mentioned that there were some things that came to my mind that I wanted to talk to you about. And one of them is this, perhaps you hear that message and you hear that or you read that verse, right? And you think, okay, so there's a blessing that comes along for those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, or it's blessed to do this thing. That's good to know. Okay, so how do I do that? Like, how do I hunger and thirst after righteousness? Because the blessing seems to be in the hungering and thirsting, at least as it was preached to us on Sunday. So what do I do to foster that in my life if I don't naturally hunger and thirst, have this craving, have this desire for that which is righteous and that which is good in the sight of the Lord? And that may not be that you're hungering and thirsting after, you know, complete evil, but you're saying, I want to hunger and thirst after righteousness, but quite frankly, I just don't, or at least not in the way that I heard about on Sunday. Well, something came to my mind that I wanted to share with you by way of illustration, and hopefully you'll find it helpful. And that has to take you back to 2016, when Sarah, my lovely wife, decided that she wanted us to do, you ready for this? Whole 30. Whole 30 is an elimination diet of sorts, where for 30 days you commit to eating uh, whole foods and eliminating from your diet sugar and dairy and... Uh, happiness, and joy, and anything remotely positive for 30 days. And basically what you do during those 30 days is you are first detoxing your body. You go through a detoxification process as you rid yourself of all the crud that you're used to eating, and then you start to feed yourself on uh, on whole foods, foods that are really best for your body, best for your, um, for your health. And you start to see the differences in how you feel. And it's like, this is what life could be like if you ate like this all the time. At least that's an effect that it had on me. And then you start to note the differences, which foods make you tired, which foods don't, as you reintroduce foods back into your system. Um, and there's, you can read about this. I'll put a link in the, in the podcast notes if you're interested in it. I really liked it. I hope to do it again one day. Um, my in-laws do it like Every other month, or something like that. They're they're crazy, but anyway, uh, so we did this whole thirty diet, and here's what ended up happening as a result. As a result, after the whole thirty diet, my cravings had changed. There were things that I used to crave that I no longer craved, or at least didn't crave as much. And now, all of a sudden, I'm craving. I'm having cravings for things that I've never had cravings for before, and that's because I changed how I ate. And here's my point, folks. Hunger is natural, but appetite is acquired. All you have to do is be alive to hunger or to thirst. That's part of living. But appetite, what you crave, what you're in the mood for, I would contend that that is not natural, that those tastes that you have and preferences that you have are not just how you're wired, but it's probably also how you've rolled. And appetite is something that can be changed, but you can't wait for appetite to change in order to change your appetite. So if you go with the example of Whole30, I can't wait until I stopped craving things that weren't good for me so I could start craving things that were good. No, no, no. What you do is you start taking action now. You start taking action before you feel like taking action and you change the way you eat before you want to change the way you eat, before you have a craving for the things that you uh, are supposed to have cravings for. So in essence, what you do is you force yourself, if you will, to start eating uh, healthy foods hoping and praying that during that time, uh, what you crave will eventually change to some degree or another. And I'm here to tell you that it did for me. Uh, For example, I used to be an orange juice freak. Love orange juice. Love having a glass of orange juice every morning. We'll come to find out that orange juice essentially has the same sugar content as most sodas. So uh, we couldn't use that over Whole30. So for 30 days, I didn't drink orange juice. Then when I went back to have my nice, tall, frosty glass of orange juice... It tasted rough. It tasted really, really sweet. Why is that? Because I'd been away from it for so long and had been drinking tons and tons of water or black coffee or things like that, things that are actually not as bad for me as orange juice. And now all of a sudden, orange juice tastes really sweet to me. Now I still drink it from time to time, but nowhere near as much as I used to. I mean, I don't even think we have a gallon of orange juice in our fridge at home. So it changed. What I craved changed. And I would contend that the same could be true for you when it comes to hungering and thirsting for righteousness. What about you? Is this an area that you want to grow in? Are you wanting to hunger and thirst after the things for God more than you do now? Well, Friends, I would do something more than just pray about it, and I'm not down on prayer at all, but I would say you should pray about it, and then you should also make changes now long before you feel like making the change. So perhaps you'll commit to starting some sort of routine of feeding on God's Word. Uh, Maybe it's something that you want to do for 10 days straight or 30 days straight or 60 days straight at a certain time. I don't know, but what I'm saying is you need to start building these things into your life before you feel like building them into your life so that your appetite will change, because hunger or thirst is natural, but appetite is acquired. Maybe there's a certain discipline, a spiritual discipline you've wanted to uh, engage with, but haven't for some time. Maybe you want to start journaling, and you think, "Okay, I'm going to make sure that I journal once a week at this certain time, or once a day at this certain time, or several times." A week. I don't know what the rhythm is. I really don't care about the routine. Uh, or excuse me, I don't care about the details of the routine, but just want to encourage you to engage in something before you feel like it, and then you will watch your hunger and thirst change. Just like I engaged in a diet before I felt like it, and now now i can honestly say that which i hunger for that which i thirst for has changed i now hunger and thirst after healthier foods more often than i ever did before that doesn't mean i don't I, that doesn't mean i always eat along those lines not at all but there is a craving there and there is something here's another thing i actually miss it when i don't have it I enjoyed the deep dish pizza that we had last night, but I don't enjoy the way I feel afterwards. It was really, really worth it in the moment. It really was. But afterwards, I'm tired and I'm sluggish. But when I have, I don't know, three eggs and a spinach salad for breakfast, I feel better. And you might think that sounds horrible, but I'm telling you, I feel better than I do if I, in, instead of having a stack of pancakes or something like that. And the same can be true for you spiritually. As you introduce things into your life and develop some sort of a routine, some sort of a rhythm, folks, just a rhythm of feeding on the word of God in your everyday life or communing with him in prayer or writing down thoughts as they come to you in journaling or meditating on scripture or whatever, you will find yourself hungering and thirsting after things that you never hungered after or thirsted for before. Bruce Springsteen said it best, folks, everybody's got a hungry heart. The question is, what will yours hunger after and what can you do to change your appetite for spiritual things, for things that are righteous today?